Hi everyone, it's Joachim Akren, your host of the Elite Game Developers Podcast. A podcast about the entrepreneurs and investors who are building the games companies of the future. I recently hosted a webinar with Eric Bryant from Opera Event and Steve Chard from Luna Labs. Both companies are at the forefront of innovation for mobile game ads. And I wanted to explore several topics on how mobile game developers can utilize game ad creatives to win players over. But before we go to this episode, here's a few words from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Pollen VC. Hypercasual is all about speed in its core, but payout delays from ad networks can make a huge difference in the ability to reinvest into UA and developer payouts. So we have been working with Poland DC to enable us to eliminate payment delays and optimize our finances. This has helped us to build a progressive publisher with fast payouts to our developers to bring more great hypercasual games to market. That was Alish Yakubov, CEO of Ducky, a fast-growing hypercasual games publisher based in Moscow. Poland VC provides credit facilities to fund UA spend as well as a suite of free online financing modeling tools to help visualize ROAS, LTV, and cash flow. Visit pollen.vc to check out the tools and learn more about our non-dilutive financing to help you scale. All the developers out there that are looking for an easy game server auto-scaling solution should definitely check out GameEye. Choosing GameEye means choosing your players as GameEye is a platform independent solution. Game sessions are spread out over multiple providers to ensure redundancy and to achieve the best possible coverage in every region of the world. GameEye is your one-stop shop for all your server orchestration needs. They have many integrations already in place ready to go. You also can connect to your favorite matchmaker, anti-cheat solution or network optimization tool to their orchestrator and start running game sessions. They provide the APIs for this. Take advantage of automated capacity management and always have resources to run game sessions. Scale when you need it in locations close to your players. Check out gameye.com, that's gameye.com to see what they're up to and to connect with them. Uh, welcome, Eric. Welcome, Stephen. Uh, good to have you on this webinar to talk about innovation in, in mobile games, uh, in the ad creative specifically innovation. That's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank sure you very thing. much indeed. Yeah. I'm going to first introduce quickly myself. So uh, a lot of folks probably have been listening to the podcast. So uh, I'm Joachim Ockren, founder of Elite Game Developers, which is an online resource for people who are building game studios. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur in gaming for 15 years, uh, decided two years ago to, to, to venture off into building this kind of like a, a platform to, to help founders not make all the mistakes and have it like learning through the hard way. Uh, so that's that's my mission. And, and I, I want to bring you interesting stuff that you can leverage to, to get ahead uh, and learn things quicker. So today's panel, we're going to be talking about like what innovation is happening on the mobile 
game ad side with the creative specifically. So I have uh, Eric Bryant from Opera Event here on the show. Eric, do you want to uh, say say a few words uh, for for the audience about Opera Event and yourself? Yeah. So my background is in the mobile and mobile gaming space. I was early on at Vungle and AppsFire, and I also worked on uh, monetization of apps at Sega, and I worked on um, some monetization and uh, influencer, well, uh, I guess competitive gaming at EA. Um, and Opera Events is, you know, I'll explain a little bit more later, but we are um, an influencer marketing type of company that is uh, now focused on creating, um, making creatives that have influencers or actors in them. Right. I'm going to show you a clip. I'm going to try to share the screen. Zoom is giving an error message now, which is never good. Oh, no. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Uh, yeah. I have a new computer and I need to give permission for Zoom to share screen. <laughs> do, like, do you want to, Eric, give a few few more words about like examples, like how, how the company was was sort of like, how, how it was, how would, what was the inception idea for coming up with Opera Event? Well, I'll figure this out. Yeah, so Opera Event actually started off more on helping Twitch streamers monetize their streams. So we've been working with influencers for about five years. And um, early on, we were, we, were, we were kind of monetizing uh, Twitch users' streams by helping them, um, by helping them monetize it. And then we started working with um, with different teams, whether that's esports teams or teams of influencers, and we created a technology that helped them to manage their teams. So we also are helping, uh, you know, we're helping pro esports teams to manage their teams and build a brand. We also just recently helped um, some NFL stars, like previous NFL stars, like Marshawn Lynch, Chad Ochocinco, and some other NFLers start their own teams of influencers. And we decided, how do we monetize the hundreds of thousands or hundred thousand plus influences we have? So that's when we thought of the idea of instead of having them post the content onto um, their own social channels, why don't they just create it offline since they're professional content creators? And then we take those assets and create um, video video ads out of them. Nice. We're gonna now see the the, the example case. Do you, do you guys see? the screen being shared. I see it. Yes. Cool. Okay. Now I'm going to play, play this one. Let's observe them in their natural habitat. See how they work together. They coordinate. They follow each other blindly. One leading another without knowing where they're going. I guess that's one way to do it. Now this little yellow guy here, his name's Chuck. Chuck's pretty cool because when he uses his ability, he goes in a straight line like a bullet. Get out of here! Cash now or I will shoot you. Can I give you a big tip? Absolutely. Deadpool, what are you wearing? Honey. Stack, oh my goodness. Nice, nice good little chunk there. Well, giant explosions. Yes, we got the sugar crush. Next level. And 250 bones. 
times. We love to see it. That's a big one. Collectively, the Dukes sought one tile. The Zaz. You can join up with your Facebook friends and beat them too. Don't mess with me. I'm angry. Who invited that guy? Woman in the blue shirt. Woman without a doggy. What a sad life to live without a doggy. Yes! <laughs> All right, for the next presenter, Steve, can you can you tell about Luna Labs and also the story behind the company? Yeah, yeah, awesome. So um, my, my name is Steve. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Luna. Um, I've been in, in games as well for, for a long a long time. Working in a, back in the day, the first attribution platform called called Adex. We worked with you know pretty much every every gaming company out there, figuring out attribution back then. Um, and you know, lo and behold, I got myself to to to, to finally founding um, my, my own thing. And then, um, really, Luna is a creative workflow platform. It's probably the best way to kind of describe it. Um, we essentially license our software to developers to be able to create playables themselves, high quality playables, to also kind of figure out um, you know a lot of the kind of friction that they have in producing gameplay videos. Um, you know, to take a step sort of down on it like you know there's a couple of products without going into it's a huge amount of detail the first one allows you to kind of build playables in unity which is yeah which, which is great because it's a it's, it's an amazing editor um, and then a front end which allows you to understand what's going on within the playables which is actually crucial and we'll kind of probably touch on that a bit later in understanding the you know the analytics and the metrics and engagement um, and the second piece is is around is around videos and and creating gameplay videos obviously eric you can see a bunch of those nice little snippets of gameplay videos as well. Um, actually creating those videos in different resolutions in different languages um, and having this consistency of A-B testing is, is, is a lot of work. And, and we've, we've developed a product which, you know, again, starts in Unity, but allows you to automate a lot of that process. Um, and I think it's probably worth also saying as well, we were, we were acquired last week um, by IronSource, which is, which, is, which, is, which is awesome because IronSource is a, yeah. Uh, a superb company, very, very similar kind of DNA and kind of view of the world when it comes to um, empowering developers. And, 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 and it really will, it allows Luna to have a, um, you know, a fighting chance to, to, to really be in the hands of all developers around the world. So that's, uh, that's kind of what the next, the next few years is going to be about for me. Yeah, excellent. I'm going to show you, uh, so the, the whole audience here, a clip from one of your ads. Uh, so this is from a, a Lion Studio game where it's a, it's a fencing game, I believe. Yeah. You might, Steve, know more about what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't have a, a showreel, so I've got a little bit of a uh, bit of envy from Eric's showreel. I think uh, we need to we need to step our game up. But but effectively, yeah, this is this is it. It's um it's kind of taking for, for Lion Studios there. They wanted to give a a really authentic experience to the user to be like you know this is what you're going to expect when you when you're when you're going to play the game, um, yeah. and obviously using the technology, they're able to kind of actually kind of replay a lot of that that gameplay, but just kind of tap into some of the, the sort of fun parts of the mechanics which they're trying to showcase in, in the ad. So that was like a nice, nice one that we we put across. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's a lot of innovation in what both of you guys are doing. It's it feels like a kind of I don't really want to see any more banner ads. I want to see cool stuff that's sort of like. Like takes me into some something new that is worth my time in a sense. Uh, like I, I, we could go into into like the the first question. I, I think Eric already sort of shared 
some story behind what how Opera Event got founded. But like Steve, can you elaborate more on like what was the premise where Luna got started? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it was it started from an idea that we had. It was certainly my my, my co-founder um, executed on, which was being you know, able to take a a game which was built. Um, in Unity, fundamentally, and and be able to kind of convert that essentially to HTML5 to run as a, an HTML5 um, a full game. Yeah, um, that was the basic premise, right? It was like, okay, this would be really cool because you know, instant games were kicking off on Facebook. You know, WeChat, you know, and, and H5 games were, were really big. Um, I don't know how sort of far to kind of delve into this, but 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 you know. Really, that was the idea: was that you could, we could, we wanted to be able to create a way to 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 create HTML5 directly for Unity. But you know, it just so happened that the market kind of dictated that although those HTML5 games are exciting, actually a really really nice way of using that kind of game engine that we built was to repurpose it and use it for playable ads, because obviously playable ads were were a super exciting format that was um, that was growing, um, and studios. You know, they kind of say to us, like, wow, like, wouldn't it be amazing if we can actually use that software to create our own playable ads? Because ultimately, it's the same technology base. So that's really where it where, where it started, Jochen. Mm. Was it like uh, you first focused on something else and then you ended up into, into building a startup on playable ads? What was kind of like the aha, aha moment there uh, for figuring yeah. that out? I think I think the aha moment is funny because I was I was in I was at a, a conference plugging away like you know our H5 technology and just listening to developers quite frankly, and every single person said to me, "That's really dope. I love what you're doing," but it's you know it just it just it just gets sense it was a bit of a nice to have right because everyone mm. was focused on the on their store games, but you know like unanimously people kept on saying like but you know what we're investing a lot of money in playables at the moment we you know spending a lot of money actually externally and having these built but you know we could potentially use this technology internally to kind of create playables ourselves and, and it was just that kind of like that that moment we thought damn that's 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 what we need to do with this we need to repurpose this thing and point mm-hmm. it towards playables and then actually kind of as the as it went on obviously we raised raised some money around that that idea um started to build out the team we really wanted to kind of test through 2019 what we could deliver in terms of file sizes and making sure that the thing worked well um and and, and actually kind of expanding that idea from not just solving a problem to create playables but also to look at the friction points that were in place for creating gameplay videos as well and, and there are a hell of a lot of them and so mm-hmm. we started to kind of think how can we build a more comprehensive platform or software that, that will allow studios to really kind of take control of that whole process. And that's really where this kind of um, Luna has kind of evolved since. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Eric, can you share uh, sort of your understanding, like how did you come up with the influencer generated video ads? Because they look pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, we, so it is a kind of an interesting aha moment for us because we built this technology to manage all these influencers and we didn't charge these teams or these groups of influencers and our technology was great. And so we thought, well, um, you know, we, we've done influencer marketing before where we've had influencers post links. Maybe they create a video, maybe they just post a link on Twitter to drive installs. Um, but that is hit or miss. It's, it's can be very challenging to drive ROAS that way. So 
I was actually at a League of Legends tournament with a buddy and we were talking about um, talking about influencer marketing and how, you know, how to push installs uh, from influencers. And then we started talking about, well, influencers create great content, but what if we just use those as, as ads? And, mm. you know, this buddy of mine, he, he, he runs a lot of UA. So um, we thought, well, let's see, you know, let's try it out. Let's see what happens. And that was kind of the aha moment is if you don't make the influencer post uh, on their own social channel, they're not really a sellout. It's, it's much more cost efficient. You can edit it. It's, it's just much much more control over it. So that was kind of the aha moment there um, when we decided that. But we also had some challenges when we first started too, which I guess maybe we can get into in a bit. Yeah, sure. Like, I, I think that, that, that is the next question I wanted to ask you is like, how did you get this, this business off the ground? Did you have early adopters and what kind of problems were they having that your uh, ad format and the creatives that you were building could fix these problems. Maybe Eric, you can you can start on that. Okay. Yeah. So since we have this technology, we thought it's easy to go to a lot of influencers and just get their content. They, you know, they review the the kind of tasks and then they upload it directly to our system. So at first we thought, okay, we'll just get them to get in front of a green screen or whatever and to just send us their content. Um, they may need to play the game, you know, separately and record that. And then we would send that kind of those cuts over to the clients. However, we then quickly realized early on that clients, um, their creative teams can be pretty backed up or they may not have a creative team that wants to put these together. So then we decided, okay, well, we're going to have to make our own creative team to put these together. So we have a technology that, you know, editors can come in, they can see assets, they can put these videos together directly from our dashboard. Um, and that was kind of like the, the challenge was, was giving all this content to the clients and then they just wouldn't run with it. They would be like, oh, our creative team is slammed with other stuff or, you know, um, you know, thanks for this. And they would maybe make a really weird or really bad cut. And then we would want to, you know, hey, let's take, let's handle this from start to finish. Um, now we still, we actually have some clients who want just the original content. Um, but we have a much better idea of kind of what the product market fit is now for these. Can you elaborate on like these early adopters who then sort of like had the faith in, in trying out these formats that you were, you were like helping uh, yeah, we to bring a, out? We had a couple of larger clients who, um, who saw kind of like our vision and they thought, hey, like we have all these, you know, gameplay ads or we have these CGI ads and let's try to have like a fresh face. Um, we're trying to advertise on maybe Snap or TikTok and um, we want something, we want to try something new. So mm -hmm. they were able to try something new and we wanted to make sure that, you know, that we got it to them correctly. So um, our first couple clients were very flexible with us and um, you know, it wasn't as much about quality early on because we were just trying to get, you know, our feet under us, under us and try to figure out how we get good quality from the influencers. You know, mm -hmm. do we script it out or is that too, you know, or is that not natural enough? Can we just let the influencers be natural? And so having our first clients be flexible about that was actually really helpful for us to learn. So, yeah, that's good. Uh, Steve, 
can you elaborate on like how things really like kicked off from there when you have have had that aha moment and you started building up the business yeah absolutely so <clears throat> i think when you had that the moment you know i think it was it was helpful to be able to go from you know completely bootstrapping to kind of raising a little bit of money to kind of give us you know a little bit of a pressure release right so we could actually get down to to building out this very ambitious project that we that we yeah. had um i think it's, the early adopters is a, is a very good point Joachim. so as we had um folks like voodoo line studios as you saw um quali you know funny enough it, it it started to a lot of the hyper casual studios came to us at the beginning because they were all building in unity um you know they they were really really hyped about being able to kind of just take that 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 first level of the game and be able to use our software to be able to you know recreate that essentially and you know like maybe not like exactly but 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 but, but pretty similar to give that that experience um so you know those are the early adopters that we had and, and it just just makes me laugh when i think back to like you know how long projects used to take us and what we used to do and 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 how we used to kind of almost like just find that kind of market fit um but you know really for us it was like we knew that if this thing was really going to kick off we had to be able to put it in the hands of developers you know our kind of like reason for being is you like is 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 we want to empower developers to do things themselves and we're not saying that there's there's a world where you know you're only going to build your own creative like you know there's 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 there's, there's a lot of space for everyone to do things but where where we see a lot of value is that um you know we wanted to you know, we want to we, we want to have this empowerment because we really, really believe it's an investment in in in, in your studio, in future proofing your studio, and, and 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 for us it was just it was a very big technical challenge to do that. Right, we built a game engine and we needed to make sure that that could actually be used in in, in the right way and actually deliver deliver properly. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess from then on, it's it's a case of you know the, the problems people were facing were it was taking too long to having ads built. Um, you know, the quality there were question marks there as well. So the people wanted to kind of just test more. Actually, you know, not 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 be waiting for for a month for for a creative to be to be produced. They wanted to kind of take action on it. And and, mm. and that's kind of we're probably going to roll through that as we as we talk because obviously it's a very important part of innovation is is being able to test a lot and and, and try new things. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, obviously it's gone on. It's it's moved away from, you know, being just ad-based companies. Now we work with, you know, we're very fortunate to work with, um, you know, some amazing IPs, some you know, studios like like, like Zynga, Glue, etc. So it's uh, it's really evolved, and it feels like people are people are embracing this this adoption of technology into their into their studios. And yeah, yeah. What would you say like matters the most when you're talking to these studios? like bigger or smaller game studios when they're thinking about running ads and thinking about innovation there, uh, why aren't they sticking with the regular banners and the regular video ads with gameplay? How, Steve, if you can so, yeah. elaborate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's, it's a combination of things. I think, I think, as you said at the beginning, like, you know, banners, you know, the kind of banner blindness is like quite a real thing, right? It's it they're they're tried, they're tested, they've been done many, many, many times over. And there's obviously still a place, don't get me wrong, but mm. there's a there's a there's a, there's a fatigue which is kind of associated. Um I think, you know, not all studios have the crazy budgets of a playrix to, to go into cinematography and you know like produce this, you know, that that insane ad that they that they just recently created. Um 
it would be great, but it's just not everyone is in, in that situation. So for me, like I think um, what is innovation is like, it's, it's the creation of, of new things. It's trying new things, it's testing new things and then and, and being able to kind of act on those, those ideas quickly. So I think with, you know, with, with formats like, like playables um, in particular that we've been, we've been focused on, there's something really, really great there about being able to test, you know, like try and, and connect with the users on an emotional level, you know, create those, those, those hooks, maybe use little parts of the um, mechanics that you have in the game already that just kind of bring that out in an experience which, 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 which really actually resonates with the user. Um, mm. And I think that's where it's, it was a little bit prohibitive in the past, right, to be able to kind of, you know, outsource all that work but equally they kind of realized that actually if they're building quite a lot of creative internally you know why 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 stop there why not you know we'll be seeing these studios kind of from all shapes and sizes kind of bring in what we call like marketing developers into the mix right so they're able to use this software to kind of create create more and but by definition when you can create more and you can test more you're you know you're i i believe you're 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 you're, you're on that road of kind of innovation so so that's kind of the way we it's the way we see it yeah, Eric, uh, your thoughts on like this? Uh, where where does it really like start showing that uh, the innovation matters for the devs? Yeah, I mean, can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can. Okay. Right. So I would say that it comes also with the many different platforms. So. There's new platforms, um, new ad platforms that are more innovative and different than, you know, than previous ones. Um, you've got platforms that are very influencer, influencer based or human based, uh, human focused. So, you know, what works on Facebook, what works on Vungle uh, or Iron Source may not work on TikTok or Snapchat. So, it, you know, it's it's about the the platforms being innovative and and ever changing. Um, also, you know, we tell, we tell our clients that to not be afraid of, you know, thinking outside the box doing something different. Um, you know, it's, it shouldn't be just the, the same thing in and out. And, you know, as Luna labs, they, they can produce hundreds of different videos, right? Try different things. Um, it's not, uh, if you have some ad that, that works really well on Facebook, it may not mm -hmm. work well on YouTube and it, and it may not work well on, on iron source or Vungle. And that's why you have to kind of be innovative of the creative ads and, and have different ones. So, yeah. You guys feel that like, cause if you think about like the life cycle of a game, you first, uh, where, where does it really start matter that you, you start thinking about more creatively about the ad creatives and going into a bit like pushing for, for difference, uh, to, like, when you're in soft launch, do you already want to run playables? Do you already want to do influencer stuff? Uh, or do you want to wait until you're sort of like scaling? Uh, and how does the, the metrics play a, a role there? Would be interesting to hear your thoughts on that. But like, like, Eric, can you go first? Yeah, sure. So I would say that it does begin at soft launch. And we're seeing this more often with some of our clients. We're, we're doing videos in soft launch for them. And the reason for that is for our influencer style videos, um, you can get different languages very easily. So you can easily um, market to those those languages. So if you're you know if you're soft launching in a specific language, um, you can easily get a video that attracts them. 
But also another thing is um, different influencers attract different people. And with that, you can learn a lot if you're doing some, some testing on Facebook and you can see, okay, this, you know, this female influencer or actor um, attracted this demographic and this male attracted this demographic, this person of a diverse background attracted this. So even in soft launch, you can learn a lot who your users are and track them down the funnel, right? Are these users that are coming from this particular demographic or this ad, are they ending up being your better users or not? So um, we're seeing a lot of good information in soft launch about um, you know, trying out these different diverse people and maybe it's a different part of the game. So maybe the influencer is failing and showing how challenging the game is. And um, I just talked to a game studio the other day about doing a concept where um, someone is failing and challenging. And they said, well, people already think our game is pretty challenging. So I'm not sure if that'll actually end up working or if it'll backfire. So, you know, you can learn, you can learn a lot about the different concepts and, and different people uh, being used in these ads. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Steve, your thoughts there on the soft launch versus like scaling phase. Yeah. Yes, look, I think that the, the umbrella thought is that creativity <laughs> plays a role at every stage, right? Mm. There's not, there's not a, there's not a one size fits all. I think, I think, for, for sure, if I was to kind of break down, you know, some, some basic examples of video versus um, versus playables, I think typically what we see is at the early soft launch stages for, for marketability testing videos are pretty appropriate right because ultimately you know you can produce them relatively quickly you know as, as eric said you're just trying to get a sense of, of, of that user you're very much using the kind of platform to, to to give you those those indications as well that's why people test so much on facebook at the beginning to get the the d1 d7 etc etc metrics um then when i when i think about a game which is starting to scale or starting to actually kind of put a bit of you know good UA budget behind it I think I think almost unanimously with, with, with the studios that use our software like we we say you know prepare yourself with with, with, with some playables at that point right because mm -hmm. or, or, or some good concepts which you can kind of nurture because the reality is you you never unfortunately you never really know if it's going to be the, the video that cracks it if it's the interactive end card if it's a playable like you've just got to give yourself the opportunity right and you've got to see and very very often it doesn't go the way that you think uh yeah. and so but and that's just unfortunately there's I, I challenge anyone who says they they know that this will work because it, it's just not the case so yeah. and, and every every game genre and every game audience is, is, is just different so i think you need to need to be adaptable um you need to be able to kind of also not rest on your laurels as well you're okay like you know so when, once something is going well you can't expect that to just carry on and be the cash cow right like it's it will eventually have a uh, there's, a, there's a shelf life on everything and so mm. you need to be able to kind of challenge that with new concepts but i think where the innovation piece is interesting is you can say um i kind of like i i i sort of liken this to like vertical um and sort of horizontals right so you're kind of you know you're you're thinking of, of concepts and you can you can have a bunch of different concepts which which, which you try out um once you see the metrics which are starting to kind of give you that 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 confidence in the return then you can really start to verticalize that right and you can start to kind of really then get a bit more granular on each one of those concepts um and yeah i think eric did it really well like the, the, the kind of different platforms will react very very differently according to those um those those, those concepts which you put out to mm. yeah that's good 
I'm going to give you a hypothetical kind of like a game studio, small game studio. Uh, it's in soft launch. They want to reach out to you. How is, how is it different for them to work with you versus somebody who might be doing banners or video ads from the gameplay? Uh, maybe, you know, doing something not so special as you guys are doing, but how different is it to, to build playable? So let's start with you, Steve, first. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, I mean, like, you know, the, the overall concept of Luna is we're trying to empower developers to do it themselves. Now, mm. look, some do better than others, you know, like some small studios, as you know, you're, you're, you're mentoring many, many a studio. And, you know, sometimes when you're talking about three, four man band, we're now thinking like, you know, creative is so important in, in that process, right, of, 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 of testing and learning that, you know, they want to get their hands on it from, from the very beginning and they want to kind of try ideas themselves. So um, it's very important to, um, you know, to kind of have, you know, to, to, have, to have the software in, at, that, at that early stage in, in our minds, but equally for other studios that, are, um, that have already got processes in place, we, we, we're seeing transformation, quite frankly, in, in the way those creative departments work because, you know, old, old systems, you know, don't, don't, don't always kind of stand the test of time, let's be yeah. fair, right? And actually, like, when you're, when you're concept testing ideas and prototyping ideas, it's been it's it's almost becoming quite intrinsic with the you know the speed at which you can you, you can learn with creative right with creative ads and so you know you can you know we, we've been around we've seen many studios have gone down that kind of hole for, for years of an idea um, and, and actually come out the other end and realize it's a, you know, it's a dead end and, and and what we can do with creative testing at the beginning is you can you can start to kind of realize if you're onto a winner or not a lot earlier by uh, by, by taking that in-house um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of what, that's the way that, that, that I see it, it's the way that we see it, but we also, we, we, we really, really understand that not everyone has a, yeah, not, not every person has that, that innate ability, right? So some coaching resources, you know, creative input, you know, maybe even creating that first playable for them themselves, you know, like we're, we're all about that, right? We want to, we want to make sure that people can actually um, get a, get a leg up and kind of start to to build those processes. So because it's it's uh, you know it's, it's it's not easy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Eric, uh, your thoughts on like how devs should should approach you, especially if if they're sort of like not the most innovative on the creative side yet, but they they want to be. Yeah. So so our ad units are very different um, from maybe what they're used to or what they've you know what they've created before. So they need to kind of have an open mindset. Uh, we do provide concepts for our clients. So um, our clients can give us some basic information about the games. We will play the game and our creative team will say, hey, here are some concepts based on what you've given us. And then they may say, okay, those are good, but I want to kind of add these things into it. And we always kind of get, uh, you know, this kind of round table meeting where the clients kind of understand our concepts and where we're coming from. So then they can kind of add on to these concepts or you know, create their own concepts. Most of the time we do help create the concepts and that's totally fine. Sometimes people may have certain scripts or you know, very certain ideas, but um, like I, I mentioned before, it's like have an open mind to these types of, uh, these types of ads. Um, we have interesting things happen where um, sometimes the worse the acting is, um, the better it, it is on Facebook. 
And um, we've had clients tell us to have our, our influencers act worse than what we give them. So, um, you know, we try to test different things. Don't just test one video and say it doesn't work. Or, you know, don't just test one video and says, hey, these work, I want like a million, you know, test different ones, different, different types of people, different concepts and, and see what works best. Yeah. We've seen ads that convert well, um, you know, that, uh, that we thought wouldn't convert very well and, and vice versa. So um, that's why we try to um, try to do multiple videos. And um, also, you know, when people are working with us, uh, when they hear influencer, they think, oh, okay, well, they're going to post about this and I'm going to get users. And that's not really what it's about. Um, mm. It's about, and it's not about someone recognizing that influencer. It's about someone being attached to this influencer by watching the ad and not by recognizing them. We've tried larger influencers and it doesn't have any effect. So, um, so it's all about the influencer being an actor in this video. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, we work with smaller influencers who are great at making content and, and um, being convincing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's not, you know, when, when people are working with influencers, they may go to an influencer agency and those influencer agencies don't know much about mobile space. Um, so, so that's kind of, you know, why we, we kind of work on this and try to stay focused on mobile. Yeah. Yes. It's sort of like when I think about Opera event, it sort of like brings me to think about Cameo a bit, but then it is different because you're basically, you want to create sort of like a pathway for these influencer creators who might not be the famous ones, but they're really good at what they do, like how they yeah. perform. We, we're building out a tech where um, we have the influencers in their examples. So you can oh. literally like say, hey, I like this, and uh, you know, this influencer, this example, can I have this influencer do a video for me? So it's, it's similar in a way we want to be kind of like a mix of like cameo and Fiverr for video content. So mm -hmm. um, you can just come in and get things commissioned very easily through our tech. Yeah, that's cool. Really cool. Uh, some other questions regarding the platforms there, like how do you see these different platforms then like differ from each other? Like Facebook, TikTok, or, you know, going on app loving or iron source or whatever, like, is, is there a difference really that you guys spot, have spotted? Uh, do you want to do that first, Eric? Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll speak first on that. So we have noticed a pretty big difference and a lot of people will test on Facebook. And sometimes that's like a creative graveyard, which, which okay. kind of stinks because creatives can, can work very well outside of Facebook and just not work well on Facebook. It's a, it can be a black box sometimes. So, um, so we have creatives, obviously we make slightly different ones for TikTok and Snapchat. Um, we have seen success in some of the more live actions. So not really the green screen type of ones that you saw on the, the kind of show reel, but recently we've been doing a lot of um, ones where the influencers kind of acting something out, maybe in their house or outside or something. And um, that works well on some of the more influencer or human based platforms. And then we're also kind of building out, um, since we use uh, Sensor Tower, we're able to kind of build out uh, better creatives for the performance networks. So if we go in and see that your game is advertising on Vungle and the users are coming from a certain game or a certain publisher, then we can kind of incorporate that into the video. Um, for example, we were doing some really cool videos for like a designing game. And a lot of those users were coming from puzzle and word type of games. 
So we put in kind of like a puzzle word type of uh, creative on the mm -hmm. video creative, like behind the influencer. So um, not only can we understand the demographic, but we can kind of appeal to that demographic um, in the performance ad networks, so. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, Steve, do you, do you wanna share some thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, I can. I can, I can add a few a few pieces. I think I think we're right. I think the audience is clearly a clearly a very different. Um, I think the the algorithms as well um, sort of differ quite 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 massively as well. Like if you if I imagine like the amount um, of creative I need to put onto TikTok versus Facebook, you know, it, you need to put a lot more on on TikTok at the moment, right? You need you need you need to refresh that creative, and it it figures right because it's a it's a very kind of transient. And you just need to keep really keep it really fresh. Um, it's funny Eric said about the graveyards because it's true. You know, you, you just you often people oh it hasn't worked on Facebook, therefore it doesn't work. And it's absolutely not the case. It's just like it's just it, it's it's it, it just you need to you need to look um, fairly broadly. Um, I think playables is a, a good example. Sometimes they've you know we, we we've seen people have success on Facebook on um, on playables, but equally in in the feed the actual combination of having a video which comes in first and then a playable hasn't worked as well. Um, you know, I, I think another thing which is interesting, which we, um, we we should probably touch upon, is 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 understanding the kind of metrics um, that happen. I mean, maybe I can give you an example with with playables. I mean, with with with, with Luna's technology, for example, like we, we're able to make a connection. So not not with Facebook, we're not able to kind of have a server connection with with, with our ad, um, but on on iSource, on um, on Unity ads, on 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 various other platforms. You know, what we're able to do is to uh, is to switch out different variations right within those playables and and actually that that allows that allows studios to be able to kind of really make you know better decisions quite quickly on the variations which are causing performance and equally i think that what we're going to see is over over time certainly this year um the engagement metrics and understanding of like how long are people staying within those experiences what are the reasons why they're dropping off you know and that's going to become like quite core currency, I think, in our in performance marketing going forward. So, um, and, and those won't be strict, you know, according to you know a, a, a group of platforms. They can be very, very different according to the different platforms you, you run them on. Yeah, like if we go do a deep dive into the into the metrics, into like how how especially like hyper casual, which is like. It is the, the the speed that those people are developing those games and launching and figuring out these things are working and then optimizing with a lot of like leaning towards the, the ad creatives quite kind of like on day zero of the game concept. Like what are you seeing there? Like what are the, the main KPIs and how do those developers learn from what they're doing? Like maybe Steve, you can take that first. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, you know, I think a lot of it is, it's, it's, it's evolving as well, by the way, it's evolving a lot. It's not, you know, what the, the way that Hypercasual was, was kind of born, you know, if you think about the last three years, especially the last year, the, the sophistication in that kind of buying is, has, has improved quite, quite considerably. I think, I think typically, you know, in, in the past, it was very, you know, almost like quite, quite CR, CTR driven, you know, it's about just getting kind of as much volume as, as humanly possible. Um, and they're kind of fairly, it, well, it seemed to be fairly kind of scattergun, but, but really everything is around, is around the IPM, right? Uh, it's just how many installs are getting a thousand and then having a view on the, again, having a view on the ROI where perhaps people didn't necessarily think that was, that was so much of a, a consideration. Sometimes actually it's not about being number one in the store. It's about being, you know, 
in that top 10, but for a longer period, right? Because you get it, you get a better, 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 better payback on it. So, um, yeah, it, it, but it is fundamentally different, right? You're, you're looking at having to hit IPMs, which are 50, 60 IPM, right? Plus to make that, to make that game successful. Whereas if you're looking at other, other genres, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a fraction of that, right? Because of the user quality and, and, and all those things over time. So, so it's, um, it's it's a scale play for sure. You do you need a lot of you need a lot of volume. It's also there are there's a lot of tactics to kind of just get people into the store, right? And it's almost like that kind of candy shop mentality, right? And once someone's in the store, they're like, oh well, you know, I'm here. I might as well download it. I might give it a go. Um, yeah. And also the users' interaction. The users are very different. Like it's 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 accepted, right? It's normal when you're in a hyper casual game that you know you're going to have to play some ads. You know you're going to kind of pop out, and and it's it's the trade-off you get, right? For, for, for not having to kind of spend money per se. So, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eric, your thoughts on the, the metric side there? Yeah, I would say I, I agree with Steve. I, I will add a few things, which was kind of related to one of the questions we got. But, you know, back in 2019, it was all about CTRs and getting people into the store. But the problem is, there were a lot of creators out there that just didn't look like the game. They didn't act like the game. They were nothing like it. And um, so you had this drop off when people got to the store and you had maybe some negative reviews and stuff like that. And um, so, you know, I saw a lot of that happen. And when we built this product um, kind of early last year, we thought we do not want any of that. We want the influencers to be natural. We want it to be authentic. We want it to seem like they're actually playing the game. And um we want to represent the game as, as the game. So we look at not only CTRs, but conversion rates, def, you know, basically IPMs as kind of the key metric to getting people, um, you know, IPMs will uh, higher the IPM, right? The lower the, the CPI um, potentially. So we don't really focus too much on the click-through rates. We want people to download the game, have a good experience and end up being spenders uh, in the game or maybe, you know, creating some good reviews. So that's kind of, where our focus was when we created this product. That's it's like, great. basically you've seen those, I mean, you've seen a lot of ads with actors or like, you know, Kim Kardashian or something. And it's like, does she really play this game? Is she really like blowing up, you know, the world, the, the other people's houses and stuff. And we, we wanted to, to have it be, you know, just more natural than, than something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Hey, a, a final question before we go to the audience Q&A. So if the audience has questions, please hit them into the, into the Q&A section here in Zoom at the bottom. Uh, the final question for you guys is like, if someone wants to start innovating with mobile game creatives, with ads, what advice do you have besides, of course, using Luna Labs and Opera event? What, what, what are sort of like the, the main advice there? Uh, Eric, um, you go first. Okay. So I would say um, be open-minded and, and don't be afraid to try new things. We did 12 videos for a client and we threw in a video of a, this is for an RPG game. We threw in a video of a 60 year old female and her ad performed the best um, with regards to IPM. And mm -hmm. so basically whether it, whether you're using, you know, Luna Labs or OperaVent, have an open mind and test different things. Um, and, you know, be, be open to the results and, and analyze those results and, you know, um, iterate from, from what you're seeing. Um, 
whether you're creating your own ads or, you know, whatever. And um, I would also recommend to try different platforms. So um, we touched upon it a little bit earlier where Facebook is like the graveyard of creatives. Um, you know, if you have a creative, uh, you know, these different platforms have different users and, and you can see it a lot with, with, with our different, uh, the different people that are in our ads, they are going to attract different audiences and, um, you know, they could attract people on TikTok differently than they, they attract people on Bungle. So, um, just be open-minded and try new things. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Steve. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> Nothing to add to that. I would say, do do some research. Right, like 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 everything. Do do some research. There's actually great tools out there to see what ads are running. Right, you can use Sensitile, you can tap Annie, you can use Ad Intel by Sumla. You know, there's there are a bunch of great tools out there, and it's it's actually great to kind of see what's out there. You know, what you're up against. What what are the new kind of hooks and tricks and things which are coming in? So I thought my kids were coming into the room. Um, um, just got this is default like uh, kickback. Yeah. Um, Same here. <laughs> I did, <laughs> the, the, other, the other thing I would say is um, it's it's really really good to understand what you're up against, right? And then kind of think of like, okay, maybe I can use some of those 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 ideas. I think to to, to follow up on Eric's point around the, the the platforms, I think kind of set some expectations right across those platforms. You know, like because they one size doesn't fit all, and and you need to you know you need to do your own analysis of, of, of how your your ads perform on there set some benchmarks and then go again um and i think the last thing i would say is just the the, the classic is, is is just have some patience right you, you know this you you're not going to crack ad creative you know in month one it's not going to happen right you, you're going to have to take several months to do this and you're going to have to test a lot and and, and that's the whole point right you, you, you and, and by but by doing that by exploring by creating more, by using different services, by just really running, getting a good holistic view on, on, on what can work, that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna give you those kind of benchmarks to be able to go forward and, and, and actually innovate more um, in, in, in the following six months. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Hey guys, this is great. Let's do let's do some audience questions now. We're probably gonna have a, a fun fun time with these. There there are a few here in now. So I'm gonna first ask. This is for Steve specifically. Uh, playables are great, but there seems to be a lot of false playables out there where you sort of like invite to click to play, but then it takes you directly to the store. Do you have thoughts on these kind of practices damaging the reputation of playables? What do you think? Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a very one a very good one. I think that. People, people, it, it's, it's a tactic which is used a lot. It was used a lot um, in, in certain genres, in particular in hyper casual. You're just trying to kind of like force it. You know, you're not even playing experience. You have a lot of, even you'd have almost, dare I say, kind of gifts, right? Which which would come up and you'd start start tapping and you just can't do anything. You end up in the store. And I think those did, those, those, those did tarnish the reputation of, of what is actually a, a really, really open, experimental, creative format, right? It's, it's a huge amount you can do. If, 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 if you approach it the right way. So actually to that question, I think that, you know, you're seeing changes in, um, you know, Google are being very, you know, well, more, more forward with, with how they want to structure playables, you know, not having these kind of CTAs, which kind of, you know, can, can be misleading. They, they want to create these authentic experiences. And I think that as we, as we go forward, we obviously changes with device identifiers, which are going to happen in the industry. I think having that authenticity in the, in, in the ad and understanding 
in a playable in particular, you know, how it can actually, you know, really genuinely kind of drive users to go and 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 perform the right actions in your game. Um, mm. You're not going to get that from a from from a playable, which you know you, you're forced to click in, in once and go into the store. You're only going to get that kind of granularity and richness of the of the engagement data by creating great experiences, right? Which can which can mirror the mechanics, can mirror kind of experiences which you want to produce. And so that's it's very good. It's a very good point, and I think it's it's just an evolution, quite frankly. Now, yeah. Uh, another question. This this might be for both of you. Maybe Eric can take it first. But like, uh, what about how we deliver ads within our games? Is there a future for in-game slash world ads to bring more brand demand and audio ads, which can even run during the gameplay? Uh, Eric, do you want to take that first? Yeah, it's. I haven't been around monetization as much recently, but. Um, I, I do think that um, there will be more brand demand and, and, and speaking to the audio thing, I think there's like AudioMob um, is mm. the company that's doing these type of audio ads. And, and I do think that is um, going to work out for certain types of games. Um, and, you know, we've already, when I worked at EA, we, we specifically worked on ads that were um, more natural part of the game, right? So you have like, Uh, Madden and you you have these brand sponsors and you have them on the field and the the boards and stuff like that and there's more and more technologies out there that allow for um, these types of more natural brand type of ads Um, and you're seeing it in outside of the um, mobile space for sure maybe not as much in the mobile space but I do think that it'll take still take some time to have those kind of ads being delivered sorry hopefully hopefully I answer that okay Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can touch on it as well. I think I think it's it's um, we're seeing a few companies. I've seen two or three startups recently. Well, not even startups. You know, they've been around for, for for a year or so at least. And 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 I think it will. We, we will start to see more of it. Um, there's there's a question of scale at the moment. Quite frankly, it's just like you know what it, it, it sounds great and and it's actually a, a nice experience for for the user. So it's just a case of When will that when will that actually turn into revenue for the for the for the studios doing it and does it become quite an, an open thing for, for for all games or is it going to be kind of limited to kind of certain audiences and certain brands that want to put money in them so I think there's an, again there's a it's not an easy answer I think it's an evolution I actually quite like the idea I like the idea of where that can go I think if we can if we can follow that over over the course of the next few years I think it's going to be some exciting developments there. Yeah, I heard right. of a mobile hockey game that ended up putting um, ads inside of the rink, and the the actual um, like reviews went up, and the the um, you know the stats went up of the game because it seemed more natural and more real. Um, but that's obviously sports games. I'm not sure what'll happen for other games, but I do see it happening at some point. Nice. Uh, there's a question for both uh, basically ad formats that you represent. But first one is for influence. Influencers in, do you think that influencers and creatives will become the new normal? And how do you plan to keep influencer-based creatives fresh over time? Yeah, I think that that it will become the new normal as you kind of seen TikTok has become a huge thing. And I was actually pretty negative on TikTok a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of got smacked around for my stupid take on it. 
but you know, influencers and just having anybody be a content creator is kind of the new normal. It's going to be, you know, how we take that and, and produce ads out of it. And, you know, both Luna Labs and, and Operavent are, um, you know, partner, uh, marketing partners of TikTok. And, you know, TikTok has a lot of things focused around their influencers and building a tech to be able to do this is, is going to be kind of key on becoming the new normal. Because if you're going to an influencer agency, it's going to be very, it's going to be a very crazy process to try to get things back at a scalable way. Um, and then you can, you know, these companies can reach out directly to influencers, but it takes an enormous amount of time and it's very hard to work with influencers. So um, I do see it as being the new normal, but um, I don't see a lot of companies being very successful at scaling it because um, if they don't have a tech uh, to kind of support that, it's going to be very difficult um, to kind of work with large amounts of influencers and, and creative coming in. Makes sense. Uh, then, then a question for Steve, uh, can Luna playables be used by the indie companies with low budget to experiment or what's the best strategy to test more playable variants? If, if you're on a budget, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, for sure. I mean, we specific, I mean, specifically about plugging Luna too much, but like we, you know, we, we have, we have packages for, for starters, right. Which are, which, which are really low, you know, it, it, just to give you, you can even have a free, you know, you can have a free trial, you know, you can come onto the, onto the website, you can download it for 30 days, have a little tinker and, 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 and try to create a few ideas yourself. Um, so yeah, it, it, it is, it is, I guess, I guess the question mark is go forward with those, with those, with those smaller studios, with the budgets that they have for UA, right? Because you're typically going to have to go out and and and, and put some money down uh, on UA. So it depends on your strategy that you have, your you know, how you can work with the different platforms to so give you some credit to run those playables, or or are you you know or mm. are you able to raise a little bit of money or, or 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 what have you? But for sure, no playables should be really for for, for everyone. It's um it's, it shouldn't be limited at all. Yeah, that's good. Uh, final question here. I don't know if either of you ha- can answer this, but there's a like, are there any major legal restrictions in advertising between different distribution platforms? I think this is Apple versus, you know, Google. Uh, have you have you bumped into any anything like that ever, either of you? Uh, okay, we can. I can. I can yeah. start if you want. Cool. So, legal legal differences. I mean, let me think. I mean, on. I think on. On, on, on Facebook, on TikTok, on Snap, on all the kind of major socials, it's all, it's all, it's all. I mean, it's all pretty sanitized, right? You, you know, you're you're essentially you kind of you, you tick a box, and 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 that's it. You're pretty much ready to you, you're you're ready to roll. I think you've got to be. I think there's the for me when I think about the, the, the kind of legal side of it, I think about like the content that's actually delivered. You know, there's 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 always an element of it. It's an ad. Um, it, it will get QA'd in some extent. Maybe, maybe give you an example of um, how how the process would work on someone like Iron Source, for example. Like that, a, a playable would actually get QA'd, right? And, and actually, what they do is they they have a, a rigorous process to make sure that it, it adheres to, um, you know, not only does it does it load properly, does it load quickly, and does it does it does, does it look like it performs well, you know, so that can um, that can protect you know, to the supply side for people who are actually kind of generating money on the supply side and also the demand side. Um, and also to make sure there's nothing which is like pornographic or there's anything which is, um, which you know, is, is, is un, 
untasteful that's running. So I think there's there are there are measures in place there to do kind of QA testing uh, on the specific on specific platforms for for playables. Um, yeah, that's probably <laughs> one yeah. thought at least. Yeah, yeah, that's a good good addition. Yeah. Uh, I have a final question for you, Paul. Let's start with Eric. What's the best way for developers to get in contact with you and find more information with Opera events? Yeah, so they can go, I mean, they can go to our website um, or just go to getigc.com or find me on LinkedIn or, you know, listen to your podcast and, and get more information. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, w- once, you know, we have a, kind of a landing page that has some more examples and some more information and there's a contact uh, on there. Or if someone wants to contact me through LinkedIn, I'd be happy to set up a meeting with them and, and chat with them about, you know, different about their game and the different concepts and stuff like that. We usually kind of have a couple of meetings. So the first meeting is kind of understanding about the game and and the process of what we're doing. And then the second one would be maybe to talk about the different concepts of the, the ads we can do. Nice. Steve, you and uh, Luna Labs. Similar thing, right? Like, welcome to, to, to message me on LinkedIn. I think you can also, uh, probably the most efficient way would be just to go go via the website. Um, we offer free trials for the, for, for the product, so you can go and tinker um, before you actually commit to doing anything. You know, if you want to kind of really think through a creative strategy and have some kind of consultation around it and really just take a holistic view on what are my, what are my steps, um, just reach out to us. You know, the, the, the team's here to do that and to kind of support support anyone that that, that wants to give it a go. So it's um, come to the website, I think, is the thing, or, or, or contact me personally. I'd be very happy to. Great. Hey, thanks to you both, Eric, Steve. This was fun. Uh, let's try to do it again at some point. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. Sure, sure thing. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks again, Eric and Steve, for coming on the show. If you like our content, please do hit follow or subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcasting app so that you'll get notified when next week's episode is available. And in the meantime, please go to EliteGameDevelopers.com and sign up for my newsletter where I write about gaming startups, my learnings, lessons from observing founders, building games companies, and from my own experience. So that goes out every Friday. So just sign up and you'll get the next Friday's newsletter. And I'll see you on the podcast next week. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.